My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to America. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Right now, the market's in the grips of two issues. It's the virus versus the vaccine. And it's Biden versus Trump. Trump stock, Trump stock. Both of which are going in surprising directions. If you thought the election was over, the president's fighting tooth and nail to try to do an end run around the results. These mysteries are roiling the market, including today, where the Dow lost 222 points. 220 points. The S&P declined 0.68%. And the Nasdaq dipped 0.42%. House of pain. I mean, I know it didn't feel like 0.42 was so bad, but if you were in the Nasdaq, except for a couple of names, wow, they really crushed it. So why don't we start there with next week's game plan? On Monday morning, we're going to come in, and sadly, I'm going to bet that we pass the 200,000 mark. That's right, 200,000 cases a day. It's a devastating number that will cause consternation about how the virus is hurting business. If not Monday, then Tuesday or Wednesday. It's really, of course, just a question of when, not if. Now, I know there's a sense that we've had a big V-shaped recovery, which is terrific. But our inability to stop the spread is putting a crimp on business orders and retail sales. Just yesterday, Workday reported a solid quarter. Remember, we had the co-CEOs on the show. But they mentioned on the conference call that they can't be sure about the near-term picture for orders because COVID's out of control. Suddenly, a stock that was up 12 bucks, U-turned and got crushed, finished today down $21. Now, without another big stimulus package, it's going to be a very tough winter. At the same time, we still don't know when we're going to be able to get vaccinated. It doesn't seem like there's a plan, just a bunch of rumors, which is unfortunate because we need to prioritize healthcare workers and the people who are most at risk. But you know what? It's up to the states. States don't have any money and they don't have any organization. The market's been able to weather this horrific outbreak because we know the vaccine is on its way, though. And that's thanks to the good works of Pfizer and Moderna, two private companies. But without some clarity, there's a chance money managers are going to start freaking out about the near term. And that's what you have to worry, that they're going to freak out and they're going to dump stocks. Now, see, I'm betting the vaccine ultimately wins out. Emphasis on ultimately, though. In the meantime, more than a million new COVID cases per week can drag things down, especially when you consider that over a quarter of a million Americans have already died from this disease. And if that wasn't enough uncertainty already, we still need to worry about the election. Joe Biden won, but President Trump refuses to concede, and he's going to great lengths to try to overturn the results. He says he plans to prosecute the voter fraud claims to the fullest, and more than 70 million people voted for him, and I'm sure a lot of people feel, yes, please do. The bulls are hoping that high-level Republicans will urge Trump to throw in the towel, but the president apparently believes he's on a roll, and the bears expect a barrage of new allegations when we come in on Monday, not to mention a power play to get the Michigan results thrown out and a new dispute, or at least the way to frame a dispute, 
in Georgia after the hand count. That apparently is going to come, too. Even if he somehow manages to pull both of these off, he's still going to need to flip another state in order to win, which is incredibly unlikely. But, man, the markets hate uncertainty. And right now, we're getting a double dose of it from COVID and the unconceded election. More on that later in the show. But if you notice, you see President Trump's headlines far more than you see uh, President-elect Biden's headlines. Tuesday, a huge earnings day. Unusual for the week of Thanksgiving. We start with Best Buy. That's a red-hot stay-at-home stock that's been cleaning up thanks to the pandemic. I think it could be a blowout, meaning there's a good chance Best Buy rallies on the news. Here's a quandary. What to do with Dollar Tree? I keep thinking they're about to have that breakout quarter, but then nothing happens. The gains have all been with Dollar General, their arch rival. This one's too risky to buy ahead of the quarter. I know a lot of people are tempted. Hey, how about this? Uh, Foot Locker delivered some terrific numbers today, yet its stock got slammed, in part because it had run into the quarter. You know, I fear the same thing's going to happen with Dick's Sporting Goods on Tuesday morning. It's coming in too hot. The discount chains had a good run this week, and the last one report should give you more of the same. That's Burlington Stores. It's been a consistent winner, and I bet it maintains that tradition. Next, we hear from Medtronic, and the rap is that maybe sales could be a little light because this is a medical device maker, and a lot of people are postponing operations because of the pandemic. They don't want to get COVID by going to the hospital. I'm worried about that myself, but if Medtronic gets hit, I'd be a buyer because the vaccine, yes, it's coming. Then there's there's some foodie days, too. I mean, there's Hormel Foods. Uh, When COVID infections first screened higher in the spring, the packaged food stocks screened higher, too. My guess is this happens again now that the restaurants are being shut down again. Smucker reports, too. But unlike Hormel, it's been wildly inconsistent. With a curious assortment of companies, like it's got Jif peanut butter, it's got Folgers coffee, uh, Smucker's jams, and then milk bone and meow mix. I don't know. I mean, I think Smucker's ready to play catch up, although I still prefer the consistency of Spam the food synonymous with Hormel. We also get reports from three tech companies that I like very much. There's analog devices, VMware, and VMware's parent, Dell. Now, I know Workday put a scare into us about what COVID means for tech, but I suspect all three will have a better idea now, after what happened last night, how to explain the obvious without freaking people out. Believe me, I think Anil Bushri, the co-CEO, was just stating the obvious. There's COVID. Come on. ADI, analog devices, is a fabulous Internet of Things business that the bulls will love. Dell's been a horse. However, VMware's been a bit more up and down. Right now it's up, so it really has to tell a great story. Earlier this week, Kohl's posted a seemingly suboptimal number until you remembered that Wall Street had very low expectations. Turns out Kohl's is doing better than those expectations. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the same from Nordstrom on Tuesday afternoon. It's called BAF, right? It's, it's, uh, it's better than feared. BTF, but I also had it as bath, but whatever. Trust me. Next, we talk. We got to talk about something. Speaking of acronyms, this is my absolute favorite of all of these. You be on the other who's reported. Remember last week we talked about the lag trade? No, not LaGuardia, the ticket. Like, no one goes to planes anymore. Anyway, lag. This is an idea we stole. I'm the appropriate. I mean, you know, we got from J.P. Morgan's Matt Boss, the best retail analyst in the business. Lag stands for three stocks that he likes. L Brands, American Eagle Outfitters, and Gap. L Brands just reported some amazing numbers thanks to its Bath & Body Works business. Hey, in a pandemic, people like soap. I say press the lag bet. Buy some American Eagle Outfitters and Gap before they report on Tuesday night. 
I know what you're thinking, that these are tainted brands. But they both made remarkable business comebacks, and I think you're going to see the fruits of that when they report their earnings. And people are still late to the party, and they want in 16. They want this one. This one goes much higher. Hey, I saw Banana Republic ad the other day, apropos of nothing. Finally, on Wednesday morning, Deer reports. The Feed the World theme has been tremendous, and prices for the whole agricultural complex are skyrocketing. And that's the ideal time to buy the stock of deer. Now, this one is a bit of an odd duck. The stock's rallied uh, almost 50% for the year, yet I still expect an upside surprise. If it pulls back, remember that deer is a textbook play on President-elect Biden ratcheting down the tensions with China. Maybe you'll get a pop anytime you hear about some new accord with the Chinese Communist Party. It's going to be a big deal. Oh, um, I do this every year, and it never works. So you put your hand down like that, and it doesn't work because it's called a thing called the telestrator. So what you have to do is you have to do this and this, and these represent your fingers, and that's your thumb, okay, because I'm a child. Now, on Wednesday marks the beginning of a very seasonally strong period, this day, right here. Um, and, and so if you believe history will repeat itself this year, as it often does, then you might want to get long the whole market. On Tuesday, get ahead of this. No trading on Thanksgiving. And, of course, Friday is like the greatest day ever. All right. Bottom line, once we make it through the push and pull of the virus and disputed election next week, it's back to buying the up stocks. Oh, the up stocks. Hey, did you notice all the up stocks were up? I'm not kidding. I mean, they're really down day. It was like, wow, they're up. How did he do that? Well, presto. Just kidding. The companies do it, not me. Um, I talked about these yesterday. These are the anointed winners for 2020 that should keep winning until the end of the year. And yes, I mean, someone said to me, Jim, do you still like them today? I, I wrote this 18 hours ago. All right, let's go to Eric in Michigan. Eric. Hello, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. I bought home ticker symbol H-O-M-E back mm-hmm. in the summer around $9. Yes. It ran up to $22 and came crashing down after their pre-earnings announcement a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. My question on home is, do you think that it will be a good stock to own after we return to normalcy? Or is this only a COVID play? And do you see the stock going higher next year? Um, I think that it's between a COVID play uh, and something that I would describe as not as good as uh, Wayfair, but better than that. Now, Lee came on the show when the stock was at like five bucks. I think the stock has like five, six bucks upside, but I'm not crazy about furniture, just so you know, except for if it's William Sonoma. How about Ted in Washington? Ted! Jim. Ted. And a sad booyah for your Eagles. Well, you're presuming that we're necessarily going to lose this weekend. I mean, we're going to crush, we're going to crush Cleveland. I hope so. Hmm, okay. First, first time, long time, active alerts, action alerts member. Oh, and uh, first of all, I want to excellent. thank you for all your help you've given us over the years. Thank you. And uh, so nice. this past spring, we started talking about how people were buying RVs, motorcycles, boats, ORVs, etc. And then we had the jump in home sales, often first time home buyers. And then lately, we've had the new and used auto market going crazy. You've provided us with various ways to invest in these, Camping World, Brunswick, Lithium Motors, and yes. several others. Yes, love those. It seems to me that all these things will need some kind of insurance. So I did some research on Allstate and Progressive. I chose to open a position in PGR and have added to it a bit over the last couple of weeks. 
Since PGR is reporting next week, I'm curious what your thoughts are on my theory and my investment well, choice. Well, interesting. I'll tell you one thing. On Sunday, I do not want to be at home with Baker Mayfield when the defense comes to town. Coach Schwartz has got something ready for him. I think Progressive is just a classically great company. I felt that way for many, many years. When I was at Goldman Sachs, it was the only insurance company we ever recommended other than Chubb. So I think you're going to be fine. Let's go to Jaime in California. Jaime. Uh, booyah, Jim. Booyah. Uh, this, is my question. this is my question. I would like your opinion on Urban Outfitters ahead of its earnings on November 23rd and your thoughts on consumer demographics. Is it a buy or sell? All right, this is very tough because uh, Urban does report on Monday, so I don't want to stick a gun in my head because I'd say take that gun away from my head. But I will tell you this. I am a believer in what's going on there in terms of fashion. But I also think that now all these stocks have run up because we saw such big gains after Target. So Urban is now in the danger zone. I think they'll do well, but the stock's had such a big run, I don't know if I want to be there. All right, look, the market's in the grips of the virus and the election outcome. But once we make it through there and go through the push and pull, we go back to the anointed winners. Don't forget, this is, uh, where's the Valley Impaler? Okay, this remember this one, right? This is Todd McKinnon, who is just like Liam Neeson in Taken. Oh, man, buddy, tonight, with the holiday season fast approaching, I'm sitting down with the CEO of Zebra Technology to find out how the company's unique position to benefit as more people shop from home. And it's also amazing when it comes to getting the vaccine to you. Then, with Thanksgiving less than a week away, I'm going to sit down with William Sonoma's top brass to find out what the company's cooking up and talking. Then I'm going to take a closer look at its earnings, of course, which were blowout. And COVID cases continue to climb. But with news that Pfizer has filed for emergency use authorization for its vaccine and the FDA considering it maybe December 10, what does it mean for ventilator maker Restman? I'm talking to the CEO. Find out where they stand. Stay with Chris. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. and over again, the pandemic has forced companies to embrace digitization much faster than they were planning to do or even how they knew to do. And the companies that facilitate this transformation are making a killing. Some of them have sold off since the vaccine news, but not all of them. Take Kramer Fave Zebra Technologies. It's a major player in the enterprise asset intelligence space that helps its clients track everything from people to equipment to data. They're a key arms dealer for any company that wants to improve its logistics network, not to mention healthcare providers that desperately need to become more efficient. Two and a half weeks ago, Zebra reported a blowout quarter, a fabulous top and bottom line beat with terrific guidance. And since then, it's already hot stock has exploded higher. Doesn't hurt that their technology helps COVID uh, helps fight COVID from tracking test samples to making sure people stay socially distanced in the workplace to helping out the whole chain of, of the way you get a product inside your car from the store. And then, of course, they actually do a ton on cold storage which we got to find out right now. So let's check in with Anders Gustafsson. He's the bankable CEO of Zebra Technologies. Get a better sense of how this company's doing, where it's headed. Anders, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So, it's great to be back. Okay, so Anders, I think that this whole uh, getting a very cold product to everybody 
it can only really be handled by Zebra. Tell me what you're doing to get the vaccines to us. Yeah, around COVID, you know, first we, you know, we've been helping with all, all sorts of things around healthcare, uh, with pop-up facilities, the drive-through test facilities, and so forth. But specifically, when it comes to uh, to the vaccine uh, transportation, you can say at the high level, it's a it's a um, supply chain like any other, but it has this unique wrinkle of being a very cold store, uh, cold chain uh, uh, supply chain. So we have a, a solution we call Temp Time that uh, basically are, are vaccine vial labels or, or can also be in boxes and, and pallets where it will change color based on the temperature exposure. So we can help to quality control the, uh, uh, the, the vaccine. So to make sure that when it is uh, you know, injected in somebody, when it's administered, it's been within the right temperature range to ensure maximum efficiency. And uh, you know, we also have uh, you know, now our new uh, Reflexis uh, software applications, where we have a module which helps uh, pharmacies and, and other smaller clinics to schedule all the patients who want to come in and be uh, e- ejected. Really? So we yeah. have the capability. The things, that, two things I was worried about was, would my, would my dose be going bad because it got too hot and no one be able to handle the uh, influx of people? You're telling me that Zebra's making these things happen. We, we, we started doing our best and working with uh, you know, lot, lots of different players in the industry to make sure that we, we can offer our, our, our support and help to, uh, to make the, this as, as a, a seamless process as possible. It also seems as if when I, wanna, uh, when I want touchless, contactless at major chains that we all know, they have to bring in Zebra to make it work. Yeah, no, we, we, you know, we work in a lot of areas uh, around the whole uh, safety area, too, around COVID. So we have you know, what we call you know, MotionWorks proximity. So this is uh, our solution to, to, to do contact tracing. Uh, we've sold it to a number of customers, but we also implemented in all our own facilities. And it has the ability to you know, do contact tracing if, if you need to go back and see you know, who somebody has been in contact with. But it also has a real-time uh, you know, beep if you get less than six foot from, from somebody. So it kind of helps you to remind people to, uh, in, in real time to do social distancing. Do you have any competitors in any of these things? There are other solutions out there, but uh, I think we have, a, we have an edge on the accuracy, certainly, uh, and, and the real-time aspect of it. Well, I mean, I, I think that people have to understand the journey of your company. I mean, there was a ton time when people just felt you were some sort of barcode company. But the rev- it's not an evolution with you. It's actually a revolution. We've, we've come a long ways in the, in the last six, seven years since we, uh, you know, combined with Motorola's enterprise business. And it's been, a, you know, we have, we've had a, a nice track record and the solution set has certainly expanded. You, you mentioned in the intro, our enterprise asset intelligence, you know, vision. I think that's been something that's uh, truly resonated with our customers and, and uh, positioned us as, as a thought leader in the industry. You also had this terrific global shoppers study that I looked at. And, I mean, an amazing number of people like, uh, they like self-checkout. I mean, I, I guess I'm old. I like a checker. But the young people <laughs> like self-checkout, huh? Yeah, and, and self-checkout has uh, been more popular also during COVID as it is a way to, for people to do social distancing. And we're trying to, for, you know, for people who are of our age, say, uh, you know, be more Come up with technology to make it easier. So we have a you know color camera in in, in the uh, in the scanner that uh, can detect if you're trying to buy a you know a green apple versus a, a pear or, or 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 a banana. So you'll be trying to make it as easy for the for for the shoppers to to navigate all the technology in the screens that they otherwise would have to use. 
Then you've got some great stats that you gave it recently at a conference, uh, the Nash Investment Conference, uh, Stevens Nash. You said that uh, on printing, we've increased up to 42 percent. We're about 30 percent for our uh, scanning business. But you're a 60 percent. You have like for mobile computing. Uh, the number two player has about 13 percent share. And in Android, we have 60 percent share. I mean, that's the most popular one. You have 60 percent. Yeah, for, for mobile computing, for, for Android uh, uh, enterprise uh, devices, you know, we have about 60% market share. And uh, that's, you know, that's a, a space that we, uh, we were one of the pioneers to, to, uh, to really create that space. And uh, that's been a, a great uh, growth driver for us. And it still has a lot of, lot of uh, uh, new applications and new use cases to drive, drive demand. Well, and I got to tell you, just of all the things you said, I feel better about the supply chain. I was very, uh, very upset earlier this morning. We were talking with a doctor about how he said, listen, we are going to get this stuff to the drugstores. And I was thinking, oh, my God, the drugstores are dry ice. They won't know what to do. But everyone will know what to do if the color if the color goes wrong. From, and Zebra says the color goes wrong. Then you got to throw it away. Right. That's that's right. It's, it makes it uh, you know very simple. It, you know we've used these solutions for for several years in pr- primarily in emerging markets, uh, you know Africa or, mm-hmm. or so. But they work. They can work in any 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 environment. Wow. Well, you've you've invented, reinvented, reinvented, reinvented. Now you're all alone. And what a great situation you're in. I want to congratulate you, Anders Gustafsson. He's the CEO of Zebra Technologies. We didn't even talk about what they're doing with football. They just got the Chicago Bears contract to monitor the uh, the players. And they also have the SoFi Stadium. They've got so much stuff going on. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, Americans are spending more time at home. And today, the stock of Williams-Sonoma soared after earnings. Kramer talks with the CEO next. Look at William Sonoma go. The last time we checked in with this home goods chain in late August, the stock was getting hammered in the wake of a great quarter because management didn't want to give guidance. I mean, I told you just buy the stock in a week, just hand over fist. I hope you listened. See, last night, William Sonoma reported yet another blowout quarter. It was a monster dollar per share earnings beat off of a dollar fifty six basis, much higher than expected sales, up 31 percent year over year. Once again, management wouldn't give you forecasts, but, you know, this time investors had learned the lesson. And the stock jumped. Remember, it's a real bad down day. Jumped six percent. Even though we've got a nice gain here, the darn thing sells for less than 15 times next year's earnings estimates, which is just ridiculously cheap. People do not take it from me. Let's hear from Laura Albert, the president CEO of Williams-Sonoma, get a clearer picture of this fantastic quarter and what she sees going into the holidays. Ms. Albert, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I've followed your company for years, believe it or not, um, from Mr. Lester's days, whom I had the pleasure to meet. And I have never seen this happen. I'm going to quote Julie, who is your CFO over you, to start. The comp is driven by the strength across all brands. I mean, the products are selling. Our performance is on fire. When was it last all brands? You know, um, we had only a few brands in the beginning. So, of course, I remember that. And when we, we actually were in a similar situation, which is we couldn't get enough inventory to meet the demand. And so I've, I've seen that. And I've also seen the recession. And. I'm just so proud of where we are today and that all the investments we've made and all the stuff we've been working on is coming to fruition. And um, it's great to see. I mean, I, you know, it's unfortunate that the pandemic is going on. But even before the pandemic, we are seeing great results and we are running almost a 10 comp until the pandemic happened. So 
uh, we think we're in a very good position, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you about that today. Everyone is just beginning to realize that you have to make a different percentage of your business e-commerce. Target was the star of the week, and they're just kind of not near you even yet. Your ratio continues to get better and better, and you're still pruning brick and mortar. But you've decided to keep some brick and mortar. Why? Yeah, so it's, it's digital first, but it's not digital only. And our, one of our competitive advantages, maybe the, one of the most important ones, is that we have Omni services. And customers, particularly in the home business, love to sit on sofas. They love to go to stores. We have great associates who can help you furnish your home. But then you can also sit in the comfort of your own home, and you can do virtual classes. You can look at things in 3D. And so we're, we've been really predominantly investing in e-commerce. And, you know, when I started, it was 25 years ago, and we had almost 40% catalog business. But because of all of those years in a row of investment, we sit in a very good place right now with a very sophisticated platform that can take a lot more volume than what we're putting through. Now, when I think of your company, there's a lot of different terms that, and you talk about all of them, but the two that are coming to my mind are resilience, which is what you've gone through, and relevance. I mean, for instance, I opened a refrigerator last night and there's these pomegranates. And the refrigerator, I mean, pomegranates, what am I, I don't know, these nice round pomegranates. And I asked Lisa, my wife, what are they for? And they're for pomegranate, pomegranate cosmos. Well, where do I find those? It's in Ina's Thanksgiving feast. So, I mean, I know a lot of people feature Ina, but this is the most relevant that I've seen for Thanksgiving. How's it doing? Well, you know, we've really focused on relevant marketing, and Thanksgiving is a very important holiday for us. And we've pivoted our marketing to address the reality of the pandemic of people having smaller Thanksgivings. We've done outdoor Thanksgivings and how to make that comfortable, you know, for your family. Mm-hmm. And we're selling smaller turkeys. We're doing all that. And, you know, we love Ina. She's amazing. Uh, and we are also doing virtual classes. We've yeah. had some incredible amount of people join our virtual classes, which, by the way, are not free. Right. Make money. Now, why is she regarded the savior of all things pandemic? Well, she, I mean, I, I, nobody has a better cookbook than I know. I mean, her, her food is fantastic. And I think, you know, even if you like lean food, it's great to make one dish in that meal that's a little decadent. People love that. Okay, so um, tell me about each room. And the reason I say that is because uh, the great Marvin Ellison this week said to us, you know what, now, you're, now your home is your kitchen, but it's also your, it's your workplace, but it's your entertainment place, and now it's your schoolroom. Every one of those plays into your strengths. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've always been in the best industry, I think. I mean, people love their homes. It's their biggest asset, and now we've been in them a lot longer than we wanted to be. But we realize that investment in your home both has a nice payback but also makes your everyday life a lot more comfortable. And we know that that's going to continue. Um, We know that people, um, when they buy something from us this year, are more likely to buy next year because we are in their home. And so we've seen broad-based strength, as Julie said yesterday, across brands and across categories, even in some areas we wouldn't have expected. Um, There's the obvious categories, but then there's new and upcoming ones. And you can see that people did the obvious things, and now they're getting to everything, and they're buying lots of sofas right now. What are the upcoming ones? I said they're buying lots of sofas right now. I mean, the obvious ones. But Tim Williams Sonoma, they're doing that. They're not. I mean, because that is a very, you know, you're getting into a very competitive category with furniture. And those are large items. You don't just 
uh, they, they don't just pick them up at, at, at the Short Hills Mall, Williams Sonoma. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's considered purchase. You buy furniture from brands you trust. And we're selling a lot online. We're selling a lot in stores. So how about 3D and uh, West Elm now? I mean, I want to be able to envi- I want to be able to visualize everything. A few years ago, you told us that we were you were going to get to really great 3D. Are you now satisfied with what you have? We're not going to ever be satisfied because you can always do better. But we've made great progress in inspiring our customer online so that they're not just seeing a single product image with some type, but they can see that product. They can see it in other people's homes through UGC. They can see it moving in video. They can see it 3D in their own home. And so all those things are coming together so that you can make a better decision. Now, I think what's happening, people have decided, you know what, we're not going to spend money going out. Uh, and blowing money on vacation, we can't anyway. So what they are doing, though, is buying higher quality, even more expensive stuff. Are you a beneficiary of the stay-at-home people who can't go out and waste a lot of money on a good dinner? Well, it's definitely you know true that people are spending more time in their home and therefore more money in their home. But we saw a, an uptick in our business before the pandemic. Right, you, were plus, you were 10. Yeah, and we were working um, really hard on new business opportunities that really expand not just our brands, but the cross-brand opportunity. And so we have built in the midst of all this, which is pretty, you know, I I think you wouldn't expect it, this very large business-to-business business, business, which is, um, you know, sort of an annuity in that people come back, they buy from you, they do more hotels and more coffee shops. And so we have a dynamic team and We've gotten a lot of our furniture to be contract grade, and we're very excited about the future of that business. That's one example of some of the other things we're doing that give us much longer-term staying power than just the pandemic effect. Right, well, one last question. I know we got to go. How long can we eat outside with our heaters? Uh, uh, how long can we continue the process of having get-togethers that are socially uh, distant and yet still fun? I think it depends on where you live, but I I would suggest you try and uh, wrap yourself up and get those heaters out and enjoy your wonderful Thanksgiving. Gotcha. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, Laura Albert, the president and CEO of Williams-Sonoma. Great to see you. Congratulations. Lots to be grateful for. Thank you, Jim. Stock's not done. WSM. Nimmi's back into the break. At a time when mass vaccinations are on the way, even as the pandemic's out of control, what do I do with a medical device maker like ResMed that's seen its stock explode higher over the past few weeks? ResMed's focus on respiratory disorders, things sleep apnea machines, uh, but they've been able to pivot to fighting COVID because they also have ventilators and tools for remote patient monitoring. Late last month, the company reported a phenomenal quarter that took the stock from 180 to 220 in a matter of days. Since then, it's pulled back to 211, in part because of the positive vaccine news. We've got to find out more about that. I think the stock still works here. They'll get a boost in the core sleep apnea business once we beat the virus and people can see their doctors again. But don't take it from me. Let's think deeper with Mick Fowles, the CEO of ResMed, to get a better sense of his company's prospects. Mr. Farrell, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, it's great to be back on Mad Money with you. Good to, oh. good to see you even through the virtual screen here. See, Mick, thank you. So, Mick, the last time we talked to each other, it was uh, you had come up with a solution to make ventilators that were uh, 10 times more effective than anybody else. And uh, since then, there have been even more things that have happened that to me have gone your way in terms of the recognition that digital medicine is here and that you are a company that benefits immensely from digital medicine. 
Yeah, absolutely. We we do, Jim, and you're right. I mean, we pivoted. Last time I was on the program was in April, remember, in the midst of the crisis, and we pivoted what, what is just a small, single-digit percentage of our business in ventilators, and we made 150,000 ventilators from January 1 through June 30. That's 350% of our normal production in that period, and we were actually 500% on our life support ventilator. We got those ventilators to hundreds of countries worldwide and saved many lives. As we're now moving forward, you know, $35 million worth of sales on ventilators in the March quarter, $140 million of, uh, sorry, $125 million of sales in the June quarter of ventilators, and then $40 million of sales in the September quarter. And we expect that to go down to, you know, de minimis here in the December quarter. And what we're doing is just what you said. We're pivoting back to our core business of sleep apnea, COPD, and asthma. And we're using what happened in this crisis Lots of sufferings in this crisis, many people affected, but there are some blessings that come out of sufferings. I've spent more time with my family. I've stayed in one state for 200 days, got to reno my wife and my children. But also at the company, we've seen the importance of digital health take off. We've seen the importance of respiratory health and respiratory hygiene take off. Just the thought of COVID impacting your lungs has made people get more masks, use their COPD and asthma medications more. And thirdly and finally, it's raised the importance of treating people outside the hospital at lower acuity, lower cost settings like their home, like home health, like hospice, skilled nursing facilities and home medical equipment. And that's where ResMed competes and that's where ResMed wins. Well, you have a very lofty goal. At 2025, 250 million lives improved out of hospital. Now, how is that possible? Is that, I mean, honestly, Nick, I, you know I love your company. I have forever. But that's a pretty lofty goal. It is a lofty goal, Jim, and as you know, you've been following us for 10 years. We've set lofty goals before and achieved them. If you add up the prevalence of sleep apnea in the world, which is 936 million people worldwide who suffocate with a breathing disorder at night, sleep apnea, then you add in the 380 million people worldwide who have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, which you know we treat as well, mm -hmm. and you add in the 340 million with our propeller acquisition, we now treat asthma. So... That together is 1.5 billion people. So 250 million is just a small portion of that total addressable market. So I look at it and say, it's ambitious, it's amazing, but maybe it's not ambitious enough. But just to put it in reality, the last 12 months, we made over 15 million CPAP, APAP, bi-level and ventilator devices and full mask systems. And we have taken care of over 100 million patients in our Air Solutions, Brighttree and Matrix Care SaaS platform. So that's 115 million lives we changed in the last 12 months. All we've got to do is compound annual growth rate at double digits on that volume every year, 2000, uh, 2021 to 2025, and then we can achieve our goal of impacting 250 million lives in 2025. Well, let me give you another way to get there, because I've been thinking a lot about it, especially now that you have that new mass technology what would you say uh, to the idea that because of the, the of the pandemic and hard to breathe, should everyone have a prescription and get a CPAP machine and have it in their house? Well, Jim, I love I love your optimism and the idea of prophylactic treatment, if you like, for pre-sleep apnea or just snoring disease before it becomes true clinical sleep apnea is uh, out there. I think I'm more realistic around the fact that let's focus on the 936 million people worldwide who clinically suffocate enough 
that a doctor can write them a prescription for a CPAP device and take care of them first. I do think there are some consumer applications in snore and, and, and disrupted sleep that could impact beyond that. But what we saw, Jim, you were right in your intro, COVID-19 has completely changed the way people look at respiratory health. We saw utilisation on our propeller app for COPD and asthma meds jump up double digits during the crisis because people were just aware because the news wouldn't stop. The media wouldn't stop talking about COVID-19, this huge pandemic. People increased their use of COPD and asthma meds. So respiratory health became more important. In our core business, we had just made an acquisition of a company called Snap Technologies to put on the Bright Tree for resupply of masks, tubings and accessories for CPAP, APAP and all the sleep apnea patients. We, sh we saw that step up double digits. There was some scepticism in the March quarter. Was this just like right. toilet paper and sanitizers just being once off? But we saw it in the March quarter, the June quarter, and now the September quarter. And as you know, Jim, three quarters makes a trend. We think that's a permanent secular change in the importance of respiratory health. Well, I also think that this, the hygiene, the talk about hygiene, you know, we've had uh, record bankies are on there talking about that there is a secular bull market in hygiene, and you are part of that. Absolutely. We are core of respiratory health and respiratory hygiene. I'm a personal user of our product, Jim, as you know. We, we yes, spoke I live do. maybe seven years ago when I first came on the program. Yes, I do. So I use our, I use our device every night. And what I find is when I replace uh, with a new mask, it's like getting into a new car. I get reinvigorated into my therapy, my sleep apnea therapy, and my adherence rates go up. And it's not just N equals one from the CEO. We've done a big data statistical analysis analysis on the 7.5 billion nights of medical data we have with over 14 million patients and 12 million 100 percent cloud connectable devices and we've proved that if you are on a regular uh you know respiratory hygiene mm -hmm. program to get a new mask to get new tubing you actually adhere to therapy more which lowers costs for the healthcare system improves your health and we think bends the curve of chronic disease in sleep apnea copd asthma but also in other comorbidities like cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Oh, no, you're right. Look, I think you've done a remarkable job. And, you, you know, I'm proud of our relationship because I followed you when people were like, what is that sleep apnea? But, I, you know, I've, I had the, I've had the privilege of using some of your stuff, so I know. That's Mick Farrell, CEO of Resmed RMD. Guys, this is a very cheap stock in the healthcare device sector, and I think it's fantastic. Man, buddy's back into the break. It is time! It's time for the Lightning And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Steve and South Dakota. Steve! First thing, go, uh, go Goddard. You're tied in there. Uh, question regarding Norwegian cruise lines. Right now, they're trading for about $20. You got a price target today. Uh, upgraded to 21 Woo. Anyways. Last year, they were trading at 50-55. Is it realistic to expect uh, to maybe think in a year from now we could maybe be back to them levels, or is there a new well, normal? They, they've done and, so much dilution, okay, and they've had to issue more stock, and we know that, 40, 40 million shares. So I don't know whether it can get back there. I do know this. If you play the long game the way Frank Del Rio does, then I think you, you could catch a double in a couple of years. But remember, they've issued a lot of stock, and they've got to go through a lot of stock, but there will not be many players left in the cruise business. But his will live. 
his company will live. And he's got some things up his sleeve to make it so you'll feel darn safe cruising. And I know that I feel like taking one. Let's go to Corey in New Jersey. Corey. Baba Booyah, Jim. How you doing? I'm not bad. How about you? Doing well. Uh, thank you for the call. I'm a big fan of the show. Just wanted to get your thoughts on BMY, Bristol Myers. Bristol Myers! They rang the bell today. I think that Bristol Myers is incredibly cheap. It was at 64 just the other day. Now it's at 61. Well, what is the deal here? I say bye, bye, bye. Let's go to uh, Mike in Rhode Island. Mike. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. Narragansett, Rhode Island. I know you had a lot of good things to say about NCNL a couple weeks ago. Do you oh, yeah. Have the same feeling? Oh, no. I mean, you know, cloud banking. They own it. They own it. By the way, I thought it was really funny. They're from Wilmington, North Carolina. Those of us who have been to Wilmington, North Carolina, know that it's not Wilmington, Delaware. Okay, let's go to Eric in Florida. Eric. Jimmy Chill. Booyah. Chill man in the house. Chill was just trashing a couple people on, on Twitter. What's going on? Hey, man, back in March, when the market tanked, I decided to pull the trigger on a defense aerospace stock, and I purchased a large amount of shares with a cost basis of $58. About three days ago, for the first time ever, an intercontinental ballistic missile target was intercepted and destroyed outside Earth's atmosphere by a product created by this company. I want to keep this stock for the long run, and I'm reinvesting its dividends to build my passive income. What do you think about this strategy and the company itself? For stock ticker RTX. Oh, Raytheon Technologies. I thought that was great when they put those two together. Remember, uh, Boeing is going to be flying. I like BA, by the way, very, very much under 200. That seems to be a giveaway to me. And Raytheon is good, and I like your style. And that, ladies the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Stick the stocks, Kramer. I get that at least a dozen times a day on Twitter, usually from someone who's convinced the election was rigged, that they think I'm in the tank for Biden because I recognize that he was pronounced the winner. That's absurd. In fact, I'm even willing to entertain the possibility that President Trump could somehow nullify the election is a huge concession, given that he has no legal path to victory at this point. Yeah, it, he can try to fight it in court, although his legal team hasn't exactly been covering himself in glory. But put that aside for a moment. What matters to me is that we have a game plan for both scenarios. I'm willing to consider both scenarios. I'm willing to consider a smooth transition of power, a messy attempt by the president to stay president through some mechanism that, frankly, I, I haven't thought of yet. Let me make this clear. I think the most likely outcome here is that the results of the election stand and Biden becomes president, whether Trump likes it or not. But what happens to your portfolio if Trump somehow manages to pull it off? Maybe by strong-arming state legislatures? Well, we'll consider that, too. First, the hottest stocks in this market are the stocks of the auto companies, especially the ones with the renewable energy kicker. However, many renewable fuels need federal incentives before they can become viable. Think hydrogen fuel cells. The technology for green hydrogen isn't there yet. But what if a new president comes in who wants to subsidize clean energy? The whole group becomes a lot more attractive, which is why plug power and even Nikola have been roaring. As much as I'd love to stick to stocks, you need clarity on who be the next president if you're trying to figure out whether these names are worth owning. Because green hydrogen needs colossal subsidies to get even remotely economic, as Elon Musk would tell you. Second, it sure seems like President Trump would love to turn his trade war with China into an out-and-out cold war with China. He's had it with them, arguably with good reason. But if you want to stick to stocks, you're going to have to figure out that if Trump somehow overturns the election, a lot of Chinese business will go the way of Huawei, meaning orders canceled. 
You have to believe that Apple's next to be sacrificed. The semiconductor players have been roaring in anticipation of a Biden White House that's more China friendly. If you really think Trump can stay in office, well, those need to be sold, too. Third, the oil stocks. Oh, man, they've been absolutely terrible under Trump because Trump made it too easy to drill. The U.S. is the global swing producer now. So when we drill too much, the price of crude gets crushed. A Biden administration will make it harder to drill, not just on federal lands, which should send oil higher. And that's why the oil stocks have been running since the election. Finally, the restaurants. All the experts insist that bars and restaurants are the ultimate COVID hotspots. Biden has repeatedly said they'll listen to the science when it comes to the pandemic. And the scientists are adamant that the restaurants need to shut down. That means you don't want to own anything in this industry, except the ones that have figured out how to go all digital if they have to, like Chipotle. If Trump can overturn the election, the restaurants are more enticing. Although, even if they're allowed to stay open, this is a tough moment for indoor dining. Put it all together, and the story's the same in industry after industry. If you try to stick to stocks and ignore politics, there's a real chance you get blindsided here. I say stick with whatever helps you make better investing decisions. Call me crazy, but knowing for sure who the next president will be makes you a better stock picker. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.